0: Hello everybody welcome or welcome back to the Anne Marie podcast. Today we will be talking about the biblical problem with safetyism. It is important to note that when I talk about safetyism, I am defining safetyism as taking absolutely zero risk, taking a safe route all the time. Always being worried about catching germs and viruses or paranoid that you're going to hurt yourself. I understand that there are points where safety is something to keep in mind. But I am not talking about those type of examples today. I'm talking about humans needing to control not getting sick, not injuring yourself. That is what I'm talking about. It's also important to note that this episode is going to be more addressed towards people proclaiming to be Christians. If you're not a Christian and you're curious about Christianity, you can still listen to this podcast because you might get some answers to any questions you might have in this podcast. So I hope that you will stick around and listen. Well, there's a lot of information, so let's get started. Every life belongs to God. Genesis chapter two, verses four through six and verses 16 through 24 clearly tells us that God created Adam and Eve. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, And the man became a living creature. Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Like a potter molds clay, God molded Adam and Eve. God breathed life into them, mental, physical, and spiritual. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 14 also reference this. Psalm 139, 13 through 14. The psalmist David writes, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. The psalmist King David affirms that he understands that his life started in the womb, and God had already planned out his life. Likewise, God has planned every one of our lives from the moment we were conceived to the moment we take our last breath. Our lives are ultimately in God's hands because they belong to the one who created them. Let's read Isaiah 42, verse five. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. Again, Isaiah points to God as the creator and sustainer of his life. We also read about this concept in Job, chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. But ask the beasts, and they will teach you, the birds of the heavens, and they will tell you, or the bushes of the earth. And they will teach you. And the fish of the sea will declare to you. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Did you hear that point repeated? Let's read verse 10 again. In his life is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. And whose life is the breath of all mankind? The doctors? The nurses? The firemen? The law enforcers? The government? The preachers? No, the breath of every human is in the hands of God, the one who made us and planned each individual life from conception to the last breath. Now let's read Acts 17, verses 24 through 28. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Acts 17, 24-28 drives this point home. Every single human life belongs to God. Your life, my life, the life of every elderly person, every single human As Paul explains the unknown God, who the Areopagus have an altar assigned to, he points to God as the creator, who gives every human life and breath. In verse 24, Paul again points to God as the creator, not the creation. Let's read that verse again. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth does not live in temples made by man. In verse 24, Paul again points to God. This tells us that God is in control. God is sovereign of all creation. Our lives were created by God and belong to God. Therefore, God alone is in control of our lives, not us. Does this mean we should make Zero effort to take care of our bodies? No, this does mean that we need to realize that God decides the moment every life starts, the moment every life ends, and how every life ends. We can take every single step in taking care of ourselves, but God will ultimately orchestrate every human's last breath. You have probably heard everything about the current pandemic, but humans have been living in a more deadly pandemic, roughly since Eve obeyed the serpent in the Garden of Eden. This pandemic of sin is the result of man's disobedience and treason, which led to death and disease. Genesis chapter 3 makes it clear that death is the result of the fall. I know I have read the entire chapter in my two main religions episode, so I will highlight some verses instead of rereading the entire chapter. We'll read verses six through seven. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Somehow the serpent persuaded the woman to be discontent with the other trees. Instead, she became focused on the fruit's ability to make one wise. Adam, was with her, knowingly ate the forbidden fruit. The fact that he knowingly ate of it provides evidence that Adam both consciously rebelled against God and failed to carry out the task of dominion that God had given him. Adam was to guard both the garden and Eve. The result of these sins was the fall of humankind. Which is the beginning of every sin, pain, suffering, and both physical and spiritual death for the entire human race. Listening to the serpent by eating the fruit caused Adam and Eve's nature and character to change. Let's read Romans chapter 5 verses 12 through 14. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam who was a type of the one who was to come. Let me read verse 12 again. Listen for a common point that parallels with Genesis 3. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. Do you hear some of the parallels with Genesis 3, death being a result of sin, and how it spread to the whole human race? I'm going to read through verse 21. As I do, please count how many times Paul refers to Adam's sin resulting in death slash punishment. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. abounded for many, and the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous now the law came in to increase the trespass but where sin increased grace abounded all the more so that as sin reigned in death grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through jesus christ our lord you should have at least counted seven times man's sin resulted in death Punishment. It is evident that Paul is teaching every human, well, except Jesus Christ, that is, has inherited a sinful nature due to Adam's sin. We have all inherited God's punishment. This is the bad news that the world needs to hear in a current culture where secular humanism reigns supreme. Many of us have bought into the lie that we can be good, kind people on our own. We have the power within ourselves to be good, nice, kind, and loving. Those of us desiring to walk with God and follow his word need to become bold and courageous enough to stand up to this ideology and say no. The human heart and mind are wicked by nature. I want to take a few moments to pause here to process this information. I wanted to pause because I think that many proclaiming Christians and even pastors do not emphasize this fact merely enough. Oftentimes, We seem to rush through this bad news to leave our conversations or sermons on a feel-good note. Right now, the culture that we find ourselves in desperately needs to hear this. Our treason against God leaves all of us needing mercy, not fairness. We all deserve death. which. As we learned earlier, is inevitable. I want you to walk away from this episode grasping these two points. One, as the creator of life, God orchestrates the conception and last breath of all humans. Two, due to man's disobedience and treason, we have all inherited a sinful nature deserving What was a result of man's original sin? Death. I purposely want to leave this episode on a much more somber note in order to hopefully allow those who are confused about what's going on and need to hear this message to reflect on this for however long they need to, to really let this message resonate with them. I think that many of us who proclaim to be Christians need to take a step back and reflect on this information. Thank you for listening to this episode of the In podcast. Have a reflective day.